Welcome to our After the Bell podcast, brought to you by Thirsty Scholars Partnership. Our podcast is here to help teachers and tutors. We will be discussing the latest issues in education and sharing top tips for use in the classroom, both face-to-face or virtually. If you work in education and looking to improve or develop your skills, then this podcast is here to help you. Welcome to the After the Bell podcast, brought to you by Thirsty Scholars Partnership. Georgie McIntyre, Director of Learning and Development for the Classroom Partnership, here again today. And joining us is one of our Connects Education tutors, Rebecca Cracknell. Now, Rebecca's done a number of uh, podcasts for us around sort of tutoring, her tutoring experience, um, how, you know, things to look out for, top tips. Um, and we're delighted to have her back today to um, focus in on sort of one of the most common questions which we hear when we're talking to our tutors. Um, and that is around how they can support pupils to re-engage back into education. So it's great to have you back here today, Rebecca. Thank you for joining us. Hi, thank you for having me. That's all right. And um, let's jump straight in. So what what is your experience of um, student disengagement? Um, Well, uh, having worked in a classroom um, for many, many years, I had experienced disengagement in the classroom and the ways in which it presents itself. Um, I think when we think of disengagement um, initially, we think of kind of students who maybe um, are school refusers or um, maybe students who um, are very poorly behaved. But actually, I think disengagement can present itself in other ways, too. Um, And I think that one of the the main ways in which you kind of experience disengagement is um, students who are just very passive in their learning um, and are demotivated and don't have the um, the kind of drive to really um, bring to the classroom or to the uh, like the learning, uh, the energy and the um, focus and concentration that's going to allow them to to succeed. Um, and I think that when you when you look for those forms of disengagement, you probably see it in more places than you would expect. So mm-hmm. it's not always the the students who are kind of even performing badly, um, but it is possibly the those students who are are sort of not not striving for more um, and not um, really bringing like their A game to to yeah. the learning. So um, yeah, my experience in the classroom has been that full range. Um, as a tutor, what I have seen is that tutoring can be a really great tool for uh, students wherever they are on that spectrum. Mm-hmm. So those, those who are um, kind of really reluctant to go to school in that traditional sense of what we would see disengagement to be, um, can benefit from it in a sort of uh, short-term measure um, to boost their confidence and change the way that they think about education. But also those who are who are more passive in their learning, maybe the, the children who are reluctant to put their hands up and therefore just sit in the classroom and let the learning happen to them rather than um, participate in it. They're, they're kind of, they're, they're, forced is probably the wrong word but they're put on the spot where they they can't shy away from 
um, what this learning means to them. So I think, um, yeah, I think shifting how I thought about um, engagement was was something that happened as as a result of working with um, students in a tutoring setting too. Do you, that's probably uh, also lends itself to the small group scenario, doesn't it? Because yeah. actually, um, yeah, it's it's an interesting perception because everyone assumes that re-engagement is just a, an outright refusal to attend or you know that there is sort of almost a, an expectation around that but you're absolutely right it's the passive learners that mm. that we you know we struggle with the ones that um that aren't they're just going through the motions but they're not truly enjoying the learning experience um mm. so that's where again it can be really fruitful to sort of have a tutor to um, help support and and bring back some joy in learning again so. yeah definitely the 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 idea that that they need to be involved and I, like you're speaking about small groups I think for those those learners um, who might be um, simply disengaged because they are more passive being in a small group gives them the opportunity to be much more active in their learning not just like with the tutor or the teacher who's delivering the session but with other learners too um so i think i i i think small group sessions um for learners who maybe fall into that category are a great great way to do it absolutely so what what would typical barriers be to learning so you know that, that a disengaged student might face I think I think number one you've already mentioned is the enjoyment um, that that students would see turning up for their their lesson in school or turning up for their tutoring session as something that they that they have to do, and so therefore there's immediately like that barrier there that they are they are not going to enjoy it, therefore they're not going to benefit from it, therefore they are not going to. Um, take anything away from it I think by um, removing the the idea that it's going to be something that they are not going to enjoy from their mindset then I think it frees them up to um, to, to get a to get a, a lot more from their learning and what they're doing I think other barriers that they then present themselves when they have that sort of very fixed mindset about what learning looks like and what learning will feel like is they they obviously there there becomes a gap in in the learning that they have compared to the learning of their counterparts in the classroom so that they then feel like they not only don't want to do it but they they can't do it and that mindset that um they're so much further behind or they're not able to demonstrate the same skills as other students um, then hinders them because then what you what you sometimes see is that they simply won't try um, and I think all of us who have um, worked with a, a student like that I think that becomes possibly the biggest barrier mm. when when a student is not prepared to um, to even attempt a task you haven't got a lot to work with with them so I think but by removing some of the barriers about what learning will look and feel like you can then allow them to to overcome that and 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 actually give you something that then you can work work with to to kind of close that gap in their learning too excellent okay so 
when might a school or a parent turn to a tutor for support with re-engagement? Because I, I imagine there's been lots of strategies that's already been tried before they reach yeah. the point where they feel that they they actually need to get sort of outside support. So when when would they actually um, approach a, a tutor? So I think um, schools um, often use tutors to support those those students who are more what we'd traditionally view as disengaged. So either school refusers who are working at home and and or not working at home, depending on on their approach, and and looking to reintroduce them to um, a more traditional learning environment, and ideally get them back into school, is some it's something that tutors have been used for, um, or obviously. Um, students who are at home because they're kind of uh, have been in hospital or unwell for a longer period of time and therefore that idea that they they may feel reluctant or uh, anxious about coming back to school schools have often used tutors for that purpose but I think what we're seeing more of now is is the idea that they're also looking to to do that work with the sort of smaller groups who are more passive in their learning or the the idea that um I always think of uh, a tutor working with students in school it's it's another voice saying the same thing mm -hmm. um so the idea that it, it may be they in a whole class situation haven't got that uh, those opportunities to um engage in a more active manner they possibly are anxious students or students who simply are quite quiet and shy and giving them access to a, a smaller group enables them to um, obviously practice their skills and um, safe environment isn't yeah, it? In, a, in a safe environment so I think that's one of the ways in which schools um, possibly would look to use a use a tutor for re-engagement um, I think parents at home like you say it's probably that idea that they have tried many things they've mm -hmm. seen their child reluctant going <laughs> reluctantly going to school or even going to school but as you say just kind of going through the motions of going to school not not coming home and talking about what they've learned not um being able to kind of complete any home learning at home yeah they probably had a conversation with the school at some point that have where there have been concerns raised either about their actual achievement or even about their attitude um you know kind of when we get reports and parents evenings and and there is a comment on a child's attitude that can for parents sometimes be uh the point where they they an alarm bell yeah yeah are concerned yeah and 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 I think that um what it actually raises is a really good opportunity for um, parents to to tackle the um, the the issue issue head on um, by bringing in a tutor, um, mm -hmm. or by working with a tutor in kind of a, a different context, whether that's in school or in kind of um, a different environment. And, and often it, it's almost the fact that the the pupils, you know, the child's voiced at home that they're really unhappy and they're really struggling. Yeah, that's definitely true as well. Yeah. And I think I think when once a uh, child is able to do that, then you're really onto a winner because yeah. what they're really saying is, "Help me, help me." <laughs> yeah, 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 indeed. And I think I think 
you know for children that's that's quite a hard thing to do but if they are able to do that then I think that that is as I say that's that's a real opportunity to yes. kind of fix yeah. that problem yeah. yeah and then you of course you've got the the send sort of uh, pupils the ones that actually need that additional little bit of support because they've got you know a barriers um, themselves as well so and then at the moment we've got all, all of the catch-up challenges around yeah. you know, perhaps they've they've missed it could be just um, you know a, a, a nugget or a learning um, a learning gap they've missed a week because they were off with covid or their mum was ill or or there's been a bereavement sadly and 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 actually that one nugget would mean that they can't move on I was chatting to um a tutor yesterday and she was sharing that actually she's spending quite a bit of time working on phonics in the school for year two because there's been gaps where these specific children have actually missed out on on um typical you know certain phonic areas and mm. and um and actually she's been able to really get them to sort of get it by being in a small group and and um unpacking and going back to what it is that they don't understand so they're able to almost you've got the time as a tutor to do that rather than um in a classroom when there's 30 other pupils sort of vying for your attention so um so yeah, yeah it's, it's valuable I think it's also as well as the time it's the it's the flexibility as you say some of some of the children in in those circumstances they don't need to work with a tutor for months and months and months mm -hmm. or years it can literally be like you say one skill that is preventing them from moving on to the next steps and I think schools are being quite clever in the way in which they are working with tutors kind of on um short-term plans yes yeah. you know a series of weeks etc to to kind of really focus on key skills that are going to enable that group of um students to move on to the next step and then to readdress the situation and look at a different group and a different skill and a different strategy strategy that might work with them um yeah yeah no, absolutely and of course at the moment i mean connects education are one of the tuition partners for the national tutoring program and and we've seen sort of even just this academic year, 25,000 pupils accessing and they're short, sharp interventions. They're like 15 weeks and they can focus and target in on one area. But mm. it's really been a massive investment. But I think it speaks volumes about how much research has gone behind the the value of tutoring and, and the impact as well. So um, it's great to hear. And that's how we found you anyway, Rebecca. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> Um, so I think we've kind of moved on. I, I sort of, you know, I'm, the next question I was going to ask you about how can tutoring support a pupil? Is there any sort of other ideas or areas that you think it could work with? Well, as as you say, I think for, for many pupils, it is that one area that's something that possibly holds them back uh, across the curriculum. And and as we say, that's when they become reluctant to engage in, in other ways. So if they if they feel that they lack um, confidence in a certain area or a certain skill, they, they then kind of go on to uh, resist demonstrating that across the board. So I think but by a tutor working with a child to, well, number one, kind of tackle that skill and cover that and improve that and make progress in that area, um, 
but also number two, give them confidence in that area. That can then um, allow them to to have the confidence to engage elsewhere um, too. So it, it, although a child might be working with a tutor for maths, say, looking at a certain thing, once they've uh, sort of developed their confidence and um, abilities in that area, you're going to see that impact their work in science and kind of elsewhere across the curriculum because they are going to have covered that. And that's going to mean that that child is going to, one, enjoy that subject a bit more and two, even if they don't love it, um, and two, um, go on to feel that they're able to um, use the skills that they've got elsewhere, which means that they are going to engage um, more broadly in their learning and take a kind of um, a greater ownership of it too, because they they are invested in it um, in a greater way. Yeah, I love that. I love that comment around investing. <laughs> the, yeah, it's investing in 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 their education and their future. So actually, being able to focus is brilliant. So. How, as a tutor, key question, how should a tutor encourage this process? How do we get them to re-engage? Well, I do think it is in the main about personality here. Um, that's not to say that you don't need the knowledge and the expertise to do it, but I think you need to arrive um, to work with students prepared to encourage them, to nurture them, to praise them and to bring your kind of positive energy to the work that you do with them. Because I think if you show the student that you are invested in their learning, then they are gonna come to, come to the sessions like increasingly with the same level of investment. Um, I think that it, it, it's about you showing them that you care and that's not just in kind of your personality but also in the way in which you tailor those sessions for those students so the resources well one turning up that you are prepared and and really focused on the learning that they need um but tailoring the resources you use the um, examples you provide to kind of their interests and their um, kind of likes and showing an understanding of them as a person as well as um, them just as a pupil um, and obviously the longer that you get to work with a student the more you're able to do that but in the first instance you know um, giving them praise for everything that they do no matter how small um, whether that's just being, you know, at the session on time, making, having a pen, having a pencil, they're the things that, you know, a learner who, who feels very reluctant to engage in their learning, you know, being positive about what they are doing is going to boost their confidence. And then hopefully over time, um, it's going to allow them to kind of do more that you can then in turn praise more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's brilliant. And and I think it's about um, encouraging attitudes, mm -hmm. isn't it, within the pupil. So that mind shift, you mm -hmm. know, switching the mindset. Um, so, you know, what attitudes should a tutor aim to encourage in a pupil? 
Yeah, I think, you know, um, in, in primary, we obviously talk a lot about sort of a growth mindset. I don't think that stops um, when a child goes to secondary school. And I Absolutely think that, not, no. that, that that is something that um, we sometimes assume that because they're, you know, focused on exams and outcomes, etc., that, that that should be their priority. But actually, I think they're, they're never going to achieve those things if they don't have that uh, that growth mindset and that idea that they can do something with practice and just because something is hard or just because they can't do it yet um, that they will never be able to achieve it so I think in terms of the the attitudes that a tutor wants to encourage in their student it is that idea of a, like a can-do attitude the idea that you're 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 praising their efforts not just their outcomes so yes. you know like I say the simplest things the idea that like last week they maybe wrote one sentence this week they've written you three that's that's an increase in effort um mm -hmm. even if they're you know you're not noticing the progress in the in the outcome yet that that's where you you want to really um show them that you respect what they um, are are bringing to you and that that's what you value. Um, that the idea that the, it, it's okay for them to make mistakes um, and that actually what you want to see is them making mistakes because if they were turning up to you and you had to do it perfectly, then you wouldn't you wouldn't have a role to do. You wouldn't you wouldn't be able to work with them, you know, and that actually that you make mistakes and that you don't know it all yet to you're on your own learning journey and that you can learn as much from them as, as they can learn from you that idea of it being a collaborative and um shared experience this, this sort of tutoring sessions and that um in regards to their attitude you you expect them to to do their best and their best might look different on different days and it yes. might uh, you know it might it might change um over the the period of time that you work with them but if they if they turn up prepared to do what they can do on that day that's enough for you um yeah yeah and just turn up and and be involved yeah completely yeah. yeah which is uh, <laughs> which is ironic really isn't it be engaged in tutoring um but yeah it, it, it's it's small steps it, it's that concept of okay make sure next time you arrive with a pen okay make make sure next time yeah. you you know you you so you're building and building um but while you're building the expectations you're also building a relationship and the trust mm. around that yeah um, I think trust's really important there like the uh -huh. idea that they can practice in in your sessions together some of the things that within a broader context they they might not feel like that that sort of degree of safety about whether they're in a classroom with students who they maybe uh, don't have great relationships with or whether they feel anxious about you know a certain member of staff in a school environment or a certain subject in a school environment that actually here with you 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 will support them to practice those skills so that then they can take them back to that environment and implement them when they need them there too um so it's that idea of like it's okay when you're here with me to try it out and now you can do it take it with you to, uh, to kind of your next step um, and implement it there I think also if you are able the the relationship with the the school classroom so if you are able to work as a tutor with the teacher um 
so that they can kind of it's a joined up approach that and if the people can feel that there is that collaboration there and it's it's coming from a place of support um that will only like accelerate progress um so it's not it often i think there's a perception that if you've been told that you've got to go off in a small group and do extra tutoring that there's you know that's a bad thing but actually if we can position it as a reward um and as a beneficial you know you're getting extra time and extra extra help here so um it's a massive opportunity and and i think positioning it that way as well is always always great oh most definitely and i think the same is true as well when it's um students working kind of in a home environment they sometimes are like oh well i'll, I'll, I'll yeah but i'll do it for you because we're doing it here and you i think as you say kind of reinforcing that idea that but I'm doing it with you so that then you can do it in school mm. too, that it, it, you are part of that process just because you are not there um, as, as a part of like their school working with them at home. That doesn't mean that you're you're not reinforcing all of the learning that takes place there and showing yeah. them that you you would expect them to um, turn up to school in the same way that they would turn up to your sessions that you're kind of you're you're on the same page and you're communicating um the same the same values and the same expectations um it's just that they're getting to practice it in that smaller smaller setting and that smaller scale yeah, yeah and a safe space yeah and and honestly what again I've had an opportunity to talk to quite a few um schools that are going through the national tutoring program at the moment some of the head teachers and and 80 to 90 percent of the pupils that have gone through the tutoring and been set aside the time to do it have made massive leaps in progress and it, it could just be those gaps or those small steps or it could be that actually they really weren't enjoying school for whatever reason their attitude to learning was not in a great space and if nothing else as a tutor you've kind of re-energized their their confidence and comfort around actually being in in a formal learning environment are there any kind of key skills that a tutor can help a pupil to develop which will support them further well I think you're you're covering them there like we often think as, as of tutoring as being the the tool to bridge those kind of academic gaps to prepare students for exams whether they're like kind of entrance exams or, you know, their GCSEs, whatever it is, we sometimes think of, oh, like a tutor is there to, to do that academic aspect. But actually, I think you've, you've just summed it up perfectly. Actually, it's the soft skills that they develop in those sessions too that are um, as valuable, if not more so, to um, those kind of subject related skills so i think that the mind the mindset that they that they are prepared to try something that they're prepared to give something their best and that they uh you know can make a mistake is is the most vital because um i think without that they will still struggle to engage elsewhere um and i think it's the idea of kind of confidence to um to tackle tr tricky things. So, um, okay, I might not get it right. Um, I was working with a student on a, on a maths question and I said to them, but look, okay, you didn't get the right answer, but look how many, how many marks that's worth. 
you know, you will have got a mark for this part and a mark for this part because you tried it. If you look, if you sat down and looked at that question at the start of the exam and thought, oh, I can never do that and didn't attempt it, you would have you would have got zero marks. Whereas actually, OK, you haven't got that. I think it was worth five marks, but you haven't got that. But you have got two. And, and that idea that, you know, it's small, it's small steps and um, showing up prepared to do that um, is the most important skill. I think there's also the idea that instilling in them that they are responsible for their own learning. The idea yeah. that everyone there, whether they're teachers, parents, tutors, whoever, they're there to support them in that. But we can't take that responsibility for them. And that isn't a burden that should be quite freeing for them in that, that they can ask for additional support. They can, um, you know, um, really like focus on the areas in their revision, for example, that they feel they need to work on the most. And I think once they kind of are able to accept that as something that isn't a burden but it, it can it can free them then that can be really important for them in terms of the progress they make too mm. because they can recognize and I think um working with students in your sessions um and doing activities that encourage metacognition are really yes. important so the yeah. idea that that you want them to tell you about how it feels when they are doing the hard tasks the process, so yeah. the process to tell you which aspects of it they're finding tricky and which aspects of it they're finding easier and explaining to you um like how they got to a solution mm -hmm. is is something that will really encourage them to take that responsibility in like a positive way um and and use that when they are thinking about kind of like their broader education too so the idea that you're encouraging them to kind of be lifelong learners not mm -hmm. just somebody who's going to sit down and pass an exam yeah yeah and you're not preparing them for exam you're preparing them for life and yeah and actually I, I love that concept of um it's almost empowering isn't it for particularly in the secondary um sector yeah. You know, if they if they feel right, okay, yeah, this is this is my responsibility, so I've got a choice here. Mm. Um, and and uh, if they want to kind of, you know, and and be inspiring and provide sort of examples of where people have done really well, I think that's always a great sort of inspiration and motivation um, yeah. for uh, progress as well. So, what personal qualities should the tutor be drawing upon when they're supporting the pupils? I think respect is at the core of it. So I think, you know, having having the idea that you want to respect that pupil um, and you want to model what respect looks like is vital so that they understand that you're um, you're not just there as kind of like another another educational hoop they have to jump through, mm -hmm. but you're there for them. Um, I think for those students who are disengaged and who who are looking to kind of bridge that gap and overcome that hurdle, I think them appreciating that you are invested in them is key. I think you need to be very patient to do that because mm -hmm. there are there are times when um, that can feel much, much slower than the rate that you want to work. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. It, you can turn up and be planned and prepared and ready to go. And that student can have had a really tough day. That student can have arrived to you in like 
um, an attitude or mood where they, they, <laughs> they're not ready to do what you want to do. And I think you then need to revisit your expectations and make it much more kind of child centered. The idea mm -hmm. that you take your lead from them and guide them. Um, that doesn't mean you lower your expectations. It means you you shift them to what's realistic in that time frame and um, you focus on what you can achieve rather than those things that you can't. I think it, it, we talk about resilience in children, but I also think during those sessions, sometimes you have to be quite resilient yourself um, yes, yeah. when you, you're facing some something where you're not getting the results that you want yeah. um, because we all know you know you've you've got however many years experience and you've done all the training and you'd like turn up and oh okay but why are they not doing what I want them to do you know? <laughs> <laughs> or, or uh, you, and you've got to you've got to kind of draw upon those those skills that you've got and that experience that you've got to shift um, the way in which you work so if one approach doesn't work okay, well, we're not going to give up. How are we going to shift that? So it will, how can we do this differently? Do I need to model something for them? Do I need to put um, something in place to kind of scaffold the learning a bit more? Do I need to completely, you know, rethink um, the the activity that we're going to do and look at something else instead that is going to work on that, on that day? I think um, those kind of personal qualities are um, really important. I, I do think that, you know, being encouraging and nurturing mm -hmm. and full of praise, um, particularly with learners who are disengaged, is is probably though the the most important thing that you can do for them because you are showing them that, that you care. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you for our expert today, Rebecca. Um, and it's been great to have this conversation and share around uh, re-engagement and how we can go about supporting um, our children and our pupils to re-engage back into education or at least find some joy in their learning. <laughs> um, so if you want more support around this, we do actually have a number of tuition support courses at Thirsty Scholars Partnership, which is one of our sister companies. Um, and if you're a tutor with Connects Education, you actually have access to their tuition courses for free. So it's one of the things that we offer as part of our tutor development. Um, and I also know that in there, there's a great course that we've got called um, How to Support Re-Engagement in Learning. So I think if you want to follow up and, and uh get some more top tips and strategies and, and think about focusing in there. So have a look at that course. Um, in our next After the Bell podcast, we will be chatting again with Rebecca um, and she is going to share some more of her tutoring secrets. And we're going to in particular focus in on how to tutor online because it, it's not as easy as we think. Um, but you lose a lot of the body language and the input. Um, you can pick up the After the Bell podcasts, which are released on a weekly basis, and they're designed to provide quick tips and discussions with our experts around all things educational. And you can listen and access this on your daily commute, on your treadmill or as your focus for the day. We hope you find these useful. We thoroughly enjoy creating these um, and I look forward to catching up with Rebecca very soon. Thank you.